a Supreme Court document has been leaked, which shows a decision to strike down Roe v. Wade. And this is causing a meltdown from advocates of abortion. So we're going to take a look at some of the arguments being made in support of abortion and bring them captive to the obedience of Christ. Stay with us as you look at these and other stories on the 511 News. Welcome back to the 511 News. I'm your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries. And on today's episode, we're going to be looking at a number of different arguments from what they call the pro-choice position and hearing some of the meltdowns caught live on camera. In fact, I believe were staged live on camera, plenty of them, in order for us to see the outrage that so many of political pundits and those even in Congress and senators and so forth just being absolutely up in arms that they are no longer legally allowed, according to them. And we'll get into some of the minutiae when it comes to Roe v. Wade. But they believe that women will no longer be able to decide beforehand to kill their child, and pay someone to do it. Now, I want to read from this so you guys know what's been going on. It says that the Supreme Court has voted to strike down the landmark Roe v. Wade decision according to an initial draft majority opinion written by Justice Samuel Alito, circulated inside the court and leaked to Politico. The draft opinion is a full-throated, unflinching repudiation of the 1973 decision which guaranteed federal constitutional protections of abortion rights and a subsequent 1992 decision, Planned Parenthood versus Casey, that largely maintained the right. Quote, Roe was egregiously wrong from the start, Alito writes. Now, a lot of people are very excited about this. I'm sure there is plenty of reason to be because this law that has gone into the land or this right that they have allowed to go forth has made it completely legal for people to be able to preconceive, think about, and then go pay someone to kill their child. And there are a lot of arguments going forth from people. And we're going to just take a look at a quick quick mashup of meltdowns going on from a number of people like Elizabeth Warren and the Young Turks and so forth when they found out that this might be getting thrown out. We don't even have paid family leave. We don't even have affordable child care in this freaking country. Okay, and the people who fight against those kinds of laws are Republicans. And yet- What do you want them to do with their kids when they have to go to work? What do you want them to do? What do you want them to do? I want them to answer that freaking question. Answer the question. Journalists, ask them the question. Ask them, ask them. Isn't it amazing? Ask them the question. Isn't it amazing that not one Democrat has shown 1% of the passion that Anna has today? They don't care. They They're don't fine. care. They're they don't fine. Care. They're all so old, they don't even have to worry about it affecting them. And if they're young enough where it would affect them, they'll get their abortion. They're going to okay? fly to they're Paris. They're trading individual stocks, enriching themselves. They're good. They're good. They don't care about you. Make sure you understand that and you feel it in your bones. They don't care about you at all. 
fundraising, all of that canvassing, all of that hard work on the ground, they can't even get a voting rights bill passed. They're losers. How dare they? How dare they tell a woman what she can do and cannot do with her own body? How dare they? How dare they try to stop her from determining her own future? How dare they try to deny women their rights and their freedoms? I am angry because we have reached the culmination of what Republicans have been fighting for, angling for, for decades now, and we are going to fight back. Now you see the consternation taking place by so many. And I want to point this out. Uh, We need to make sure that even when it comes to our pro-life position, that when we are pro-life, we are also pro-eternal life, which is actually more important. Because sadly enough, when it comes to this being a hallmark for so many people, the reality is, is when it comes to the pro-life movement, if you're out on the streets sharing the gospel out front of Planned Parenthoods, which we've done here as a fellowship for a number of years, or we've even done it out in Holland and in other places, you might notice that a lot of the people around you are carrying rosaries. A lot of them are Catholic. And when it comes to the actual gospel message being preached in order to get people to be saved so that they will then be pro-life in the sense that they don't want babies being killed inside of the womb, we need to recognize that this is a gospel issue. In fact, when the movie 180 or 180 movie came out, from Ray Comfort, one of the things that he was saddened by was that when they came out with that film, over and over again, pro-life, as they call it, pro-life organizations would contact him and say, we love your video, but could you please take out the gospel? And how ridiculous, because the fact is, is that you can be pro-life all the way to hell. And the truth is, a lot of pro-life legislation that has gone through over the years even if Roe v. Wade is eventually thrown out, as it's uh, as it as we are assuming it is going to be now, even if it's thrown out, a lot of those laws that are in those states that were considered pro-life laws that accepted death of babies rather than abolishing them completely, accepted it at certain places, are still going to be in place for people to have abortions. And so that's something we need to recognize because This is murder, and we're going to talk about that because I want to look at some of the argumentation being brought forth, and I think one of the better things to do is to look over at the philosophers that we find at The View, and one of those keen philosophers is none other than Whoopi Goldberg because she came out with a passionate cry as to why we need Roe v. Wade to stay as law of the land, and we need to be continue, or we need to continue to allow abortions to happen legally in this country. Women in this country lived forever with it being illegal. Okay, women, when they decide something is not right for them, they're going to take it into their own hands. Well, we got tired of tripping over women in bathrooms, public bathrooms, who were giving themselves abortions because there was nowhere safe, nowhere clean, nowhere to go. So a couple of things there. One, I just have to be honest with you. I do not believe that Whoopi Goldberg was tripping over random women inside of bathrooms as they were trying to give themselves abortions, that there was such an epidemic 
before 1973 that there were literally tripping over women like this was a regular case. I don't believe that's actually true. I think she's just trying to make an argument there. But nonetheless, when we talk about clean and safe abortions, there is nothing clean and there is nothing safe about ripping a baby limb from limb and sucking their remains out of the mother's womb. There is nothing clean. There is nothing safe about it. And in fact, when we actually look at the numbers, because a lot of the question marks here are, well, we had to make it legal because then women are going to do this and then women are going to die. But the truth is, is when we actually look up how many women were dying performing their own abortions, by the way, when an abortion actually goes right, according to them, a hundred times out of a hundred, the baby is murdered. 100 times out of 100. So there's no such thing as a safe abortion when someone gets killed in the sense that there is no safe execution when somebody executes anyone out on the streets. It's impossible to say, well, at least it's safe. We'd hate the executioner to get killed. We want to make sure that he's able to safely execute that person. It's absolutely ridiculous. But do you know how many women, because I'm sure it was such an epidemic with all of these bathrooms you know, being filled up with women giving themselves abortions that people are tripping over them. Do you know how many women in 1972, before 1973, before it was made legal, do you know how many women died in these quote-unquote illegal abortions happening in bathrooms all over, as Whoopi Goldberg was saying? The number is 39. Do you know how many died giving themselves abortions after it was now legal? The number, according to their own statistics, and this is from Statista.com, was 47, and then it went to 35 or 33, and then it went to 35. So it's not like, great, it was made legal to murder babies, and now guess what? Because it's made legal to murder babies, now the women aren't dying anymore. Well, that was not the case at all. And so even when we look at the safety, quote-unquote, of the mother who is performing this execution on her own or is paying someone to do it, even if we looked at that, it's a bogus claim anyways. Not to mention, I'm sorry. These things are, obviously it's not easy, it's hard to deal with, and the truth is, is that there is redemption in Christ if you're someone who has chosen to end the life of the baby, the baby that was in your womb, because that's what that baby was. And it doesn't mean we lessen the sin in order to preach the gospel, because none of us, not a single one of us, has ever been told, let's lessen the sin that we've committed so that we can look to Jesus. Because the truth is, is when you lessen the sin and you look at it as not as it is, as it's described in Scripture, but you look at that sin through some clean lens, you are lessening the salvation. You are lessening what the Savior did. Because when we understand how disgusting our own sin is, we recognize just how much we've been saved from. So yes, can and have. I know plenty of women who are saved and absolutely love Jesus and know him now and walk in redemption who made this horrible decision. And yet we do not look at it and look at it any lighter. We do not change the message. We do not stop warning because we want people to see how true it is that the life inside that woman is being ended and it's a choice being made and it is i'm sorry by definition that premeditation doesn't just make it killing it makes it murder 
So let's look at some of the other argumentation that Whoopi Goldberg had to say. This law came about because people wanted people to have somewhere safe and somewhere clean. It has nothing to do with your religion. This is not a religious issue. This is a human issue. Yes, Whoopi, it is a human issue. And the baby inside of the womb is a human. See, the fact is, is that when we look at religion and whatever that may be, every single person has a worldview and whatever religious system they hold to will reflect that worldview or your worldview will be reflected by the religion, quote unquote, that you are following, whether it's secularism, whether it's Catholicism, whether it is biblical Christianity, Islam, Mormonism, whatever it may be, you are bound by that and then that will showcase out of you. Now, with that said, when you say it's a human issue, the truth is, is that I go back to God's word. Whether you like it or not, Whoopi, the fact is, is that Jesus himself rose from the dead and tells us that God's word, the one that we read, is actually his voice to us, is actually him speaking to us. In fact, it is the very parameter by which I judge the truth of this world. Whatever the world offers, I check it at the scale of God's word. So when Jesus, who rose from the dead, when Jesus, who did all of these miracles, not in private, not some guessing, not some philosophy, but when Jesus did all these things and then tells me, sanctify them, that means cleansing and making you more and more like Jesus, making you holy, sanctify them by thy truth, by God's truth. And what is God's truth? His word is truth. So I trust Jesus to tell me through his word what a child is what a human is. And when the Bible says in places like Psalm 139 and Jeremiah 1.5 and so forth, that guess what? That God ultimately is the one knitting together the baby in the mother's womb. That God is the one who forms us inside of our mothers. You don't get to tell me it's not a human anymore. When the first person to recognize Jesus as Messiah was John the Baptist while he was a baby in the womb, you can't tell me that's not a human being. And it is a human issue. So when you are saying that these laws were built to be safe so you can end that human's life because it's a human, by the way, if you wanted to debate the science on that, you could be wrong there as well. But either way, the truth is religious, not religious, you can't get around reality that that's a baby inside there. And I believe the statements you come up with next show you that it's a baby and you are suppressing that truth that it is a human and it is a human issue and you're killing a human in the unrighteousness of this thing you're calling choice. If you care about me as a, as a human being, you should know three things. Getting an abortion is not easy. Making that decision is not easy. It's not something people do lightly. It's not something that you can just do. It, it is a hard, awful decision that people make. It is a hard, awful decision that people make. And I don't know if she meant to say it's an awful decision because that's exactly what it is. But... The truth is, is that in our modern times, when it comes to those who are advocates for abortion, they have changed the argument. The argument that Whoopi Goldberg is expressing there is considered old and antiquated. In fact, it was uh, Bill Clinton, actually, who came up with the idea of safe 
legal and rare, and then espoused as well by his wife, Hillary. And then when Tulsi Gabbard actually said this during the debate, I want to read what the reaction was, because this is what was said when Tulsi Gabbard suggested that Hillary Clinton was right about the safe, legal and rare argumentation for abortion. Quote, left-leaning critics quickly descended on Tulsi Gabbard. The Ohio affiliate of NARAL, Pro-Choice America, tweeted, quote, This is a position making abortion rare, not supported by pro-choice advocates. A headline in Vice said Gabbard was, quote, stuck in the 90s. And the article's author, Mary Solis, argued that the candidate had revived a, quote, decades-old talking point that pro-choice supporters say only further stigmatizes abortion at a critical moment. She quoted Amelia Bonneau, a co-founder of the pro-abortion rights group Shout Your Abortion, who said, quote, I cannot think of a less compelling way to advocate for something than saying it should be rare. And anyone who uses that phrase is operating from the assumption that abortion is a bad thing. Well, that is because abortion is a bad thing. And as much as you shout about it and lie about it, it is murdering a baby. And when we actually look at people from Shout Your Abortion talking to children about abortion, I want you to see, this is a clip of somebody from Shout Your Abortion explaining to a young girl, two young girls, what it looks like and what it's like to actually go and get one. When you have an abortion, what exactly do you do to like have the abortion? You go to the doctor and they put this little straw inside of your cervix and then inside of your uterus and then they just suck the pregnancy out. And it was like a crappy dentist appointment or something. It was just like, ah, this is like a body thing that's kind of uncomfortable. But then it was over and I felt really just grateful that I wasn't pregnant anymore. Well, that didn't seem all too hard, right? It's just like a bad dentist appointment. Well, let's actually see what one doctor who performed over 1,200 abortions says the procedure is really like. Second trimester D&E abortions performed between roughly 14 and 24 weeks of gestation. Your patient today is 17 years old. She's 22 weeks pregnant. Her baby is the length of your hand plus a couple of inches. And she's been feeling her baby kick for the last several weeks, but she's asleep on an operating room table. You walk into that operating room scrubbed and gowned, and after removing laminaria, you introduce a suction catheter into the uterus. This is a 14 French suction catheter. If she were 12 weeks pregnant or less, basically the width of your hand or smaller, you could basically do the entire procedure with this. But babies this big don't fit through catheters this size. After suctioning the amniotic fluid out from around the baby, you introduce an instrument called a sofa clamp. It's about 13 inches long. It's made of stainless steel. The business end of this clamp is about two and a half inches long and a half inch wide. There are rows of sharp teeth. This is a grasping instrument. When it gets a hold of something, it does not let go. A DNA procedure is a blind abortion. So picture yourself introducing this and grabbing anything you can blindly and pull, and I do mean hard, and out pops a leg about that big, which you put down on the table next to you. Reach in again, pull again, pull out an arm about the same length, which you put down on the table next to you. And use this instrument again and again to tear out the spine, the intestines, the heart and lungs. 
head in the baby that size is about the size of a large plum. Can't see it, but you pretty good idea you've got it if you've got your instrument around something and your fingers are spread about as far as they go. You know you did it right if you crush down on the instrument and white material runs out of the cervix. That was the baby's brains. Then you could pull out skull pieces. And you have a day like I had a lot of times, sometimes a little face comes back and stares back at you. Congratulations, you just successfully performed a second trimester DNA abortion. You just affirmed her right to choose. Now, it's really hard to stomach that, to be honest, to hear that, to think about the face that he had to see over and over again. And really, that's what you're aligning yourself with. And when we look back at all of this, it is truly heartbreaking. But I want you, while the pro-abortion advocates now want to get away from safe, legal, and rare and move to shout it, let everyone know it, and brag about it, the truth is, is that we want to make sure this is not happening at all costs. We want to help and we want to see people know the gospel of Jesus Christ because if you love Jesus, you won't be a lover of all things murder. In fact, the Bible is very clear that no murderer has eternal life in him and that text is just talking about hatred, let alone the premeditated killing of an innocent child, as innocent as you can be inside the womb. Just absolutely heartbreaking. And I want to talk about this last clip from Whoopi where she says, this is how the conversation should go. You shouldn't say this. This is what you should say. If you don't have the wherewithal to understand that, to start this conversation with, I know how hard this must be for you. If you're starting it by telling me I'm going to burn in hell, then you're not looking out for me as a human being, whether I subscribe to your religion or not. And that is not okay. I think one of the issues here, even with what she's saying there about your religion and and you're going to go to hell and, and so forth. One, I don't think that that's always the proper way to have a discussion, just screaming at someone that they're going to go to hell. Not that there isn't times for the warning of hell. Obviously, there should be times for that. But I think that when it comes to this idea, this is putting things, and hopefully from our perspective, understanding the objective truth of Scripture, this is putting things on a level playing field as if all religions are the same, and that's just not the truth. The truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ is stamped, is birthmarked in time, space, and matter, and it can be proven false if it was false, but it's not. It's the truth. And this isn't a level playing field. And sadly, I want to play this clip because this is from about a year ago. A man went to a bunch of healthcare workers asking them if black lives truly matter to them. And he gives a couple of scenarios, but notice specifically who they don't really care about black lives when it comes to specific black lives that do are supposed to matter. Lives matter or just some black lives? The black lives killed by black men matter, right? Yes? The black babies killed in the abortions clinics matter, right? Thought so. The black the black officers killed by that bastard in, in Minnesota, that matters too, right? Okay. But the black babies that are killed in the abortion clinics don't matter, do they? Medical people. Uh, do their lives matter? Does the future of our black babies matter? Huh? What's up? What's up? Awful quiet now, aren't they? Uh-huh. It's okay if we kill them in the womb, right? But 
you have a problem when we, you don't seem to really have a problem when we kill them on the streets. Yes, well, we know they're the same is, issue. If we, don't, if we don't respect the lives of our unborn children enough to save them and fight for them, our lives mean nothing once we're born. Notice how quiet they got, and I find it very interesting how quiet they got there because the truth is, is if we understood the background between from Planned Parenthood, and we have an entire documentary called The Dark Secrets of Planned Parenthood where Margaret Sanger, the very founder of Planned Parenthood, set out to kill off black babies. That's not folklore. That's not myth. That's the truth. She was a disgusting racist woman who wanted to kill black babies. And so, yes, those health care workers don't care about all black lives. They don't care about the baby in the womb who's being murdered. And I'm sorry, Whoopi, but you're right alongside of them advocating for it. And it's absolutely heartbreaking. And when it comes to Roe v. Wade, not only were films like A Silent Scream absolutely positively showed us without a doubt that when it comes to abortion, you are hurting and killing a little baby. And people have known this all along for a very long time. And we are simply, as a country, because accordingly, according to statistics, 70% of people, 69, I believe it is, percent of people are totally okay with abortion and want it legalized here in America. And if that's true, you are willfully ignorant about what is in that mother's womb. You are willfully ignorant. And if you know that the very bedrock of Roe v. Wade was based on lie after lie after lie, and that's not even my opinion. In fact, do you know the story of Norma McCorvey, better known as Jane Roe, the very woman who was used, I believe, absolutely used as a drug addict and an alcoholic at that time, used in order to help propagate the murder of innocent children in the womb. But her story didn't end with Roe v. Wade. And I want you to see this clip because she talks about the lies that she even told when it came to that court case And much of the regret that she carried with her for years after years from this very court case that she was Jane Roe in the Roe v. Wade case. Jane Roe's story was a terrible one. She said she had been gang raped, gotten pregnant, was desperate to get an abortion. That's what everyone believed as long as Jane Roe remained anonymous. When she went public, she told a different story. You were raped while you were in Georgia? No, I wasn't. You were not? No, I wasn't. Oh, so all those stories that are in the books and so forth are not true? Yes, sir. Yes. They're not true. Right. And it turned out that lying wasn't the only embarrassment this darling of the pro-choice forces presented. In her personal treatise published last year, Norma McCorvey told the story of her somewhat sordid life. Then she still adamantly supported abortion. Now she adds that to the list of sins she took with her into the baptismal pool. I've cheated people out of money. I've sold drugs. I. You know, I, I, used, I, was a, I was an abusive alcoholic for, you know, many, many years. Um, I've done a lot against his teachings. Um, but I, I think the far greater sin that I did was to be the plaintiff in Roe versus Wade. 
Well, praise God for the redemption that we can have in Jesus Christ. No matter what we have done, in fact, when we look at Paul talking to Timothy, one of the things he said was that God saved him specifically so that we can know that anybody could be saved. This was somebody that was having the church killed, and yet when he saw Jesus, when he saw Jesus, he called him Lord He turned to him and he began to be obedient to him. If you're someone who has advocated for abortion or someone that has gotten one yourself, there can still be redemption in Jesus Christ. Don't sit there willfully ignorant about the babies that are in the wombs that are being slaughtered. And don't think that just because something is legal makes it okay to do because they've made murder legal since 1973 inside the womb. Simply if they did it out on the streets with a gun, It doesn't make it any more right or even any more different just because you're having a doctor do it. Turn to Jesus, follow him, trust him. And once you follow Jesus and know Jesus, you'll be pro-life. This has been Chad Davidson. That's the 511 News. The 511 News with Chad Davidson has been brought to you by Good Fight Ministries, bringing you news and commentary from a Christian perspective. This show can be heard every Friday wherever podcast shows are available or visit 511news.org. Thank you for joining us and we look forward to being with you next week on the 511 News.